1: Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit
0: thing I've seen in 30 years.
2: Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Wednesday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe. At Cuse Militia on the socials, go there, join the militia. The orange, they're on the struggle bus. They're riding that thing all the way into South Bend after falling apart in the second half against Illinois last night, 73-44. You'll hear from us and we'll hear from you and fan feedback live on the Spotify app and on YouTube. And as I mentioned, Syracuse will face Notre Dame this Saturday at noon. We'll let you know what we think about that. But first, there's some, obviously some trickling football news that's happened since we were last on. First, we uh, should mention that I think the bowl game gets announced on Sunday. So, we'll find out. And they and Syracuse did put a bid in to not be in the, what was it? The um, Fenway Bowl. Fenway Bowl, yeah. They did that before they were even bowl eligible. Mm-hmm. So, not big fans of going to Baston. So, good call. Boston. Good call yeah, no, on I mean, that.
1: It's not, honestly, something tells me that we're going to be in the Pinstripe Bowl again. Um, Rick, I know I talked about it last time. It was like that of the Duke's Mail Bowl, but that's in Charlotte, and there's too many teams you know, closer to here, that I feel like they'd rather have, like a Wake Forest or an NC State or something. So, Duke. Stupid.
2: Uh, so, anyways, we will look forward to that news this Sunday, and we'll be on Sunday, so maybe we'll know by then because Syracuse plays Saturday. So, um, and okay, so transfer portal news. couple receivers. We talked about Anthony Quigley, uh Courtney Jackson. He announced the uh, day before yesterday, I believe. And so Syracuse is going to be a little hurting for some receivers. And it's not anything we haven't dealt with before. So it's a good opportunity. I feel like it's a good opportunity for someone in the transfer portal to look at Syracuse, give someone that's decent to give Syracuse a serious look. and 100%. And, and just be like, look, I can be the number two there. Maybe I can be the number one. Uh, Aranda Gatston, first team All-ACC, going to be tough to do that. But, hey, all the slots are up for grabs at all times. And not for anything, it's an opportunity to play. So um, for a a decent receiver to get on a decent team with a decent throwing game that has definitely stepped it up since last year Uh, has a lot to do with the talent that you're throwing to no doubt about that. We saw that this year, so yeah, good well, opportunity for someone yeah. there to fill that, fill those roles.
1: Yeah, and when you really look at it um, from you know bird's eye view, and you like you know kind of look back, um, I mean clearly he started the last couple years, and I think a lot of it was because of his you know run blocking ability more than it was his pass catching ability. Um, Courtney Jackson was our leading receiver last year prior, yeah, and around gets and barely played right, and um, then these new guys come in. And, you know, and I and Beck, and those receivers just weren't for them. Uh, so realistically, I mean, you know, Corny Jackson had 15 catches, 201 yards. And really, even at the end of the year, you had, you know, players like Trevor Pena and Demarcus Adams and Alfred, you know, stepping up. Um, more than, than he has. So I don't think the really bad losses and when you really look at it, you know, we lose um, no
2: not utilized that much to see where you got got by with no
1: and, and we and we lose Devon Cooper, but I mean p- people have to remember we're still gonna have, you know, OG Ronde Gatson comes back, Damian Alford, Trevor Pena, Demarcus Adams, he started stepping up a little bit later in the year. He's gonna be back. Isaiah Jones, he was a starter and he got hurt early. He's gonna be back. That's true. Um Forgot- and, and hey
2: don't don't remember don't forget Garrett Trader when asked early in the season who his top targets were mentioned Isaiah Jones.
1: Yes, he did. And he was gonna be a big part of this offense, and we never even really got to see it.
2: No, and we, yeah. We've
1: totally. we've even seen flashes, you know, spring game and a couple times, you know, with Amari Hatcher who's had some some opportunities. So um I still think that, you know, we're gonna be um deep in that room. Um and you know, we had uh the freshman that came in this year too. I know that we had one receiver freshman that that you know, they were talking about who's gonna you know, obviously retro so he'll be a redshirt freshman. So I think that, that we're okay in that group, but you know, at the same time, I mean, I think there's other positions like offensive line and stuff like that that we can look and definitely concentrate on the
2: transfer portal. Oh, yeah, obviously. For I mean, a big
1: one. but I mean if we don't get somebody in the transfer portal, I don't think there's gonna Blaise. be a huge, huge deal next year.
2: Fleisch still so coming back.
1: Bleich coming back.
2: That's a big yeah. deal for, for yeah.
1: I mean, I believe we're losing Bergeron, Dakota Davis, yeah. and Veterello. Yeah. So But, you know, you bring back Blake and Cruz and Kalen Ellis, you know, I think you got a good little base there. So we'll see what happens as far as, you know, the depth in the room and and what that looks like. But I'm sure they're going to be looking there for for Transfer Portal as well.
2: Uh, You want to wrap up the all-ACC team quickly?
1: Well, first team, around Gadsden, right? Yeah, we mentioned that. I mean, I don't know if he got it because he's technically a tight end. I don't know, but I still feel like he put up pretty decent numbers. I think it's um, apparent
2: to everybody and, and anybody that he's not.
1: He's not, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, second team, Sean Tucker and Matthew Bergeron.
2: Yeah, those are both fair, I feel like. And if you're mad at the Tucker being on second team, I think he struggled a little bit, and I think that's fair.
1: And just go look at a and what he did, oh, well, because yeah, I'm yeah, sure well, he's first team.
2: We don't have to look far. For, for that
1: no I'm pretty sure he's the guy there and <laughs> he missed a game or two or a game and a half or something like that. uh third team Mikel Jones, which mm-hmm. I think just kind of goes to how talented the, talent, the, the yeah. linebackers are in this in this conference and then on a huge mention, that's
2: a huge show to the talent I believe because michael is an animal and that's a huge show to the talent in the ACC as far as linebackers go.
1: And honorable mention, um, Marlo X, Deuce Chestnut, Garrett Williams, and um Jahad jihad Carter, who had a great year. So
2: jihad came on a little late um towards the end of the season and was well, he had three interceptions in three games. Um he's been he's been he's stepped up tremendously um, due through some of the injuries and things that we had. And um, you know, Garrett Williams would definitely be on there. Uh, lost him kind of early when you really think about it. So, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, it's good he, to even yeah. get an honorable mention. You, you, you played, would, what, seven games? Six games? Something made, like that, I yeah. think it might even be, be five. I think we We won our, against NC State without him. Did he get hurt in Clemson? Okay. All right. Well, fair enough. He played half the season then pretty much. So,
1: yeah. So, I mean, Jihad, he had three interceptions. He had a fumble for a touchdown in that Clemson game. And uh, that's right. Personally, first first quarter against Boston College, you should have had an easy pick six and dropped him. But um, nonetheless, he was injured the last couple of games. And um, I'm excited to see his progression in the next year. He's going to be a beast.
2: Absolutely. Something to look forward to there. And uh, we'll probably be back Sunday with some more news about that. Okay, the <laughs> quickest my I, I think this is the fastest.
1: <laughs> f- even four minutes.
2: Fastest. The, the presser was uh, dull, but quick. and as it should been, should be, should have been. Whatever. There you go. You got it. Uh, I'll get there eventually, Joe. Um, I know because of the game and we all saw the game I expected if you didn't you watched highlights or whatever but anyway without further ado let's hear what coach had to say following the loss
0: you know our defense kept us in there in the first half uh, offensively we really Illinois is a tremendous defensive team and we couldn't really get nothing going on the offensive end um, you can play defense for so long sooner or later it's going to break down and second half um, it did Uh, we've got some young guys that are trying to figure out what they have to do and they didn't figure it out very well tonight so we got a lesson questions questions
1: Right here in the
2: back on the right, in the middle on the right. Yeah, I mean,
1: uh, Joe certainly wasn't your only problem today, Jim, but but can you can you just talk about Joe's... Uh, he's
0: the just la- not the playing last- well, and he's not really stepping up to do other things besides shooting. He's not doing the other things, so that's a problem.
2: Do, do you, I mean, do you worry about his confidence at this point?
0: You know, he's a senior. <laughs> if he has no confidence now, then he shouldn't be playing. Judah got... The driving lanes he needs to get and didn't finish and you know he's he's important to us if he's going to do that uh three for 16 he, that's we're struggling often but it was a offensive struggle and you know benny's a good kid he got frustrated and he played terribly and it was nothing to do with any calls or anything and you can't lose your temper at the end like that's just childish and immature and you know he's a sophomore he can't do that uh it's unfortunate that he would do that because he's really not he's really a quiet kid doesn't do much but it's frustration you know he couldn't play the other night he was sick and couldn't get anything tonight going and uh he got frustrated but you need to understand you that's no excuse
2: all right, Joe. So start at the top here. Defensively, it looked pretty decent in the first half. I was actually really surprised by that. Uh, a lot of missed shots by both teams to start the game. Syracuse was keeping up. They actually looked pretty decent. They quieted the crowd a couple of times with some, with some, you know, um, answers at the other end. When when things did start to heat up, however, in the second half, um, it was going to go one of two ways and. You know, we kind of saw pretty quick which one of those two ways it was going to end up being. So, with that said, there was a lot of young guys on the court. Um, a, a lot of the game, when you factor in some of the Jesse Edwards um, intermittent foul issues and that he's still battling, and, and Joe being as flat as that presser, uh, there's obviously a grace period, I think, for a team this young, but it's tough to watch, man. And it was a struggle, and especially when the leaders of the team aren't on the court to do the actual leading and they're watching from the bench, it's just it's just tough. But to just put into perspective, I think, you know, just perusing some of the fan feedback, I think it's fair to say if I'm going to look at something as a silver lining, it's the first-half defense, In you know, it broke down. But it broke down out of immaturity and frustration and just – kind of almost an implosion and it, it has a lot to do with experience. But when you look at Illinois ranked 16th, I mean, this is a, obviously a tournament team. It's a quad one game, um, just to put it into perspective, I just didn't expect much more. I was pretty pleasantly surprised in the first half, Joe, but I didn't expect them to go out and shock the world and, and, and pull off a win here. But Hard to watch nonetheless, and, and, and where criticism is, is garnered it should be, and, and we'll talk about that. But I mean, just your overall thoughts uh, on, on Coach's opening statement as, as far as the game flow went.
1: No, uh, I mean, yeah, the game flow we held them to percentages way below, yeah, what, way, yeah. what they've been shooting, even for and the
2: even for the, the game as a whole.
1: Yeah, even for the yeah, even for yep. the game as a whole, it was just way too many turnovers and like you said, I mean, you start trying to go out there and make seven-point shots, you know, I mean, it just it doesn't work <laughs> like that. You know, you yeah. got to you have to gradually, you know, it's a grind when you get down that that bad. And, and you can even say really halfway through the f- second half. I mean, it was 23. It, it,
2: was, it was, there was eight minutes was left when it started
1: 30, to We were down be, seven. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then like, it was all of a sudden 30, 38 for the longest time. Yeah. And you know, then it got to what 41, 33 or something like that. So it was still down eight, but then all of a sudden it was, it was
2: all of a sudden 18 at one point. I just remember all being of a sudden like, it was
1: 60 to 37 or 39 or something. And you're like, Whoa, like what just happened? Yeah. And there was just a lot of bad shots, turnovers. Um, and, I mean, it's just
0: it's no, inexplicable.
1: No, the, I mean, the, it's just yeah. our offense in, in our rotation, you know, it's almost like our coaches don't even know what to do because they're looking for answers. They're giving people opportunities, in, albeit maybe a couple minutes here or there, and some people might think that they need more minutes. But uh, it's obvious to me that they don't really know where their scoring is going to come from every single game, and they don't know what rotation to do without killing your defense. Um, and realistically, too, I mean, they got to find a, a different way to get the ball to Jesse, because I really don't think I think his best his best trait. Well, trait is as far as offensively is getting rebounds and putbacks around the rim and catching all oops. I mean, I don't know if our if the solution here is to try to post him up, because, I mean, uh, to be to be honest with you, these big guys are still stronger than him and they're keeping him out of spaces. Right. So um he's not the greatest of i'm going to catch the ball to with the back to the basket and make a move and get to a position to score. Uh, you see that he struggled at that a lot. So yeah, we got to find different
2: ways. Jesse doing a fantastic job on the boards again, 17. Yep. Uh and in 9 points, uh, obviously fouled out of the game, 32 minutes. And um just again, he's got to learn to either save him up towards, towards, he the, did he, he did a little bit, but again, um, I didn't think the officiating was bad, but it's just like, no one's perfect. I don't think it was consistent. No, no one's perfect. And that's, that's what I'm saying. It's just, I just, I don't even know. Sometimes when I watch a game, I'm just like, I don't know what's what, um, I just think, you know, you're, you're, you're calling the same more. thing down. Yes. You're, you're calling the same thing down at one end that you totally missed. like, The sequence before it's so frustrating to watch. And what do you do? Blame the refs. You can't blame the refs. They'd have never won this game regardless. But uh, with that said, man, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a clean, like the officiating just in general, it's gotta be cleaned up. Like I said, no one's perfect. And we're always going to be able to bitch about (coughs) officiating, but I just feel like it's, Gotten progressively worse the past few years, and yeah, I just—it's just, don't that's just how I feel. Even, I could be totally wrong. That's just how it feels but, to me. But so. we
1: went nine to seventeen from the free throw line, so realistically, getting fouled yeah. more. Who knows? You know, again, it's not what it was. I mean, I think the difference was you look at the seventeen turnovers to seven turnovers, right? I mean, we had seven yeah. more fouls than them, but I mean, you just you look at the turnovers, and I, I don't know the points of. Well, the Benny
2: with an extra one, we'll get to that, but.
1: Yeah. And um, I don't know what the deal was with points off turnovers and second chance points. I mean, I think we allowed 17 offensive rebounds, too. I mean, that's something that I mean, we had 14 ourselves, but yeah. we can't we can't allow another team to get 17 offensive rebounds. We,
2: I, with, I see 12 for us, 17 for them.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, seven, 17 re- offensive rebounds and 17 turnovers is way too many opportunities and extra possessions for a team that is supposed to be better than you i mean they took 13 more shots than us so
2: yeah but you know obviously the the defensive illinois a factor in all this um, absolutely the, the, the way they play and just just our offense well, the not- announcer
1: said it too right that this coach was going this coach this new coach for illinois gone towards more of a defensive base you know team and um that's really what they they work on and you could see it the way that they switched and everything like that. i mean come on they're big man they're Technically, there's the guy that tipped the ball with Jesse Edwards got a double double or a triple double.
2: Sorry. Triple double, yeah, yeah. Hollins or Hawkins, Hawkins, yeah. Hawkins. Um, yeah. Well, with that said, um, that kind of leads us into the Joe G three situation or conversation. An absolute no show last night. He's only he only got up three shots. Uh, he never got to the line. Uh, he, he even he even didn't take some shots. I feel like he should have. Um, and, and you miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. OK, that's mm-hmm. the first thing. So he missed opportunities, in my opinion, to get into at least attempt to get into some kind of rhythm. And uh, just if he's not out there doing any, we can couple these things together. If he's not out there doing anything, Judah Mintz is going to continue to make the mistakes that we saw him making last night because he all of a sudden as a freshman feels like he's got to do too much. He's out there. How many turnovers do have? He's only got four, four according to my box score, but I felt like way more than that. Um, he was playing too fast for his feet at one point, a couple times maybe. Uh, you know, nine points he tied with Jesse Edwards for uh, team high. Three for sixteen, as you heard Joe, uh, Joe, coach mention. And by the way, something I thought that was fascinating is ten field goals for the team on um, two. Or excuse me, fifteen, which is. That's not great. That's not only not great, but yeah. They didn't even have a double-digit score. I know. So, Mint's out there making too many mistakes because I think that he's just, uh, you know, to some degree, he probably felt like he's left high and dry because Joe's not even doing the things that he should have tried to do. And when, I think that was Donna DeToto, she's asking about confidence in Joe, and Coach gives the answer he gives. Well, guess what? I question that, too. You watch that game, how could you not question his confidence in himself because of the lack of attempts that he made to get us back in that game or get some kind of rhythm. So, yeah. you know, we can't be made to feel silly or and, and for asking those questions or thinking those things just cuz he's a senior. This is not something new with Joe. We've talked no. about Joe's confidence for 4 years. Yeah. So, well, and
1: his and, and, and the fact that he's he's inconsistent, his inconsistency. We've seen games like these, not this one, no, but not this I one. mean because that's what concerns me more than anything. And that's why yes. it makes me it makes me feel more than anything, especially listening to behind that there's something else going on. And again, I don't want to I don't want to hate on kids because these kids, you know, they're going to school. They're practicing. I mean, Absolutely they basically not. have full time right, right. jobs. They yeah. got stuff sometimes going on personal matters, family matters, girlfriends. Um, maybe he was sick. I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, you don't see a he situation only played
2: 20 minutes. So he
1: only played 20 minutes. Yeah. And he was passing up shots that he would normally take. So um, even if he was missing, so <laughs> right at the, end, at the end of the day, yesterday's game doesn't make any sense. We've seen, we've seen games where, you know, I mean, we haven't seen obviously his career high against Richmond, but we've seen in games where he's gone off and he's been hot. And then we've seen the next couple of games where he doesn't hit too much. And I mean, that's just Ben Joe Girard. I mean, he was a three star recruit that was not even in the top two hundred and um He just know,
2: he, scored a lot of points in high scored school scored a
1: lot of points in public school. You know, it would have been interesting to see where he would have landed if he would have ended up going to private school or you know academic One of the school. big exactly one yeah. of those bigger schools, right? IMG, something like that. And seeing. But um yeah, it's it's all about just obviously expectations and we've known Joe to go up and down. I think the more concerning thing is why did he only play 20 minutes? Why did he only take three shots in um, what's going on? Well, the three shots not, is a choice. We're
2: not know. The, the three shots is a choice. And you can play for 20 minutes and take 15 it shots is. easily. So, um, and, and so that's a choice. And he passed up some obvious ones where I even was dumbfounded like, dude, just take the effing shot. Um, yeah,
1: but that's also in a situation where we needed points. No one else was hitting anything, and you know well, that's mean, where the, that's the
2: where case, the, that's where I question confidence, though, Joe. That's where I question confidence.
1: If it is a confidence thing, after after this long, you know, after you get to your fourth year and you're just going to just drain all your confidence, um, then that's not a good sign. And I think that we'll be seeing a lot more Samir Torrance with Judah Mintz playing the uh, shooting guard.
2: Yeah, I'm not Problem sure is we're what... not
1: going to have great three point shooters other than if Taylor or Bells out there.
2: Taylor's going to come into his own. Oh, no, absolutely, he will. Um, it, it, just back to Judah quickly. I mean, he's young. Uh, he's got a lot to learn. It's it's not easy to watch the growing pains of it all. And I just think that um, eventually, you know, he's not a one year player. I, I heard um, was that Greenberg, by the way.
1: Who Judah Mintz?
2: Yeah. Was he was he talking about Judah Mintz being? Uh, There's been and, mock drafts and stuff.
1: I don't Some people saying that yeah. he might be one and done. I mean, it all depends. I obviously. I, I just I mean,
2: don't. I just right now. I mean, I don't think I even would. I mean, I if he's gonna
1: uh, the last two games, no. But the first cup, the first four or five. I mean, he's. I mean, he was a true freshman scoring at least 16 points in every single game.
2: Yeah, he's the and leading he scorer on the team right now Bryant. statistically. So.
1: And he smacked somebody against Bryant. Got. To, kicked out of the game. And then he had a game here where you could tell he was frustrated and pissed off and he was trying to be superman. You can't you can't do that. So
2: speaking of frustrated and pissed off and uh, inconsistent officiating, Benny gets fouled. Gets extremely pissed off about it cuz nothing's going in. The crowd's extremely loud. And he voices frustrations, you see the tail end of it uh, a little bit and then they don't show anything else, but he was double-tacked and uh, he gets six fouls in a game. And I think that's not for anything. We can at least laugh at that, right?
1: No, nah, so, he would have uh, out of an NBA game.
2: So, uh, you know, someone who we've mentioned last year, especially how kind of quiet and, and humble he is. And, you know, you just don't see that from him, which just goes to show, like, you can't let things unravel. and And we can laugh about it, but... You've got to be able to keep the guys like Benny, like, in a tight ball. They can't unravel, and, and or else all hell's gonna break loose. And then what? So, yeah. on the coaching end of things, I get you know the frustration of the players and stuff. But on the coaching end of things, there needs to be a, you know, like Coach Babers would say, it needs to be a kumbaya. OK. Oh, yeah. And, and they need to get on the same page with some of this stuff. When you look at the last two games and the frustration these young guys have been expressing while they're losing or in tough games, um, there has to be a kumbaya. They've got to the coaches got to figure that out going forward because, you know, we're hitting Notre Dame and we got some we got some cupcakes coming up. But it's not possibly. too much to, possibly, but not too much longer. We're in full fledged ACC play. And it's not going to be a walk in the park or not even close. So if they don't get these kids in the right mindset quick, then, you know, you think this is frustrating to watch. Wait till they play a conference play and, you know, when things are a little bit more heated. Like Notre Dame games, we're playing Notre Dame next. Notre Dame games, the past few years, have been hot and and heated. Um, Yep. So, you know, it'd be best to... Bring that level down. No, well, I don't think in, they have coming that. into this game. I don't think they have. Well, Prentice Hub is gone. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, so I mean, but yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, look. I think a lot of last night was an experience, right? A lot of Bryant was an experience, but because of the talent level, you know, we stuck in there, we fought through adversity, and Justin Taylor had a game, and and we were, put us in a position to have a chance to win that game um, against Illinois. <laughs> the, you can't play like that, and then you can't let it affect you like that. And I think that this game more than anything is just going to be last two games. Really. It's, it's huge, 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 just learning opportunities yeah. and just younger kids understanding how to f- basically navigate games like this. Cause in college basketball, you are going to have games like this where, You're just not hitting or you're playing against a team that has stifling defense and you're getting frustrated and you can't put the ball in the basket. It doesn't seem like anything's working. And you got to be able to still fight through that. And, you know, I don't think that Syracuse fans would have been that upset if we would have have lost, but it would have been competitive. Um, And that's really the thing is you need to, no matter what and how the game's going, keep your composure so that you can keep that game close to have a chance at the end. And, I mean, I walked away from my TV with four minutes to go. It was just... I haven't done that in such a long time.
2: I know, I know. I wanted to. I was in bed. You know, I was freak. I was. I was pretty pissed off. But you've got to know a couple of things, and that's this for the young guys: if you touch an opponent's face, you're getting you're gone. Gone, absolutely. If, if, if you chirp at refs, you're going to get teed up. If you chirp at refs twice, you're going to get teed up twice. They're not going to listen to you, and uh, that's coach's job, and he's pretty damn good at it. Uh, to give him, you know, some credit there, uh, Coach Beheim has been chirping at refs before we were born, Joe. Oh yeah. So, so let him do his job. Uh, it's not the player's job to chirp at refs, and you know, just if 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 we can clean up some of the some of the boneheadedness of these young guys, then. Um, that's your starting point. So, unfortunately, with that said, that I don't know where we. I feel like it's a little bit of a mess, and I feel like you need to do like, you know, uh, one of those it Lombardi it talks. It seems like, like some
1: of those guys seem over, over like overwhelmed sometimes. You know, um, yeah. a lot of standing around on offense, and you know, Judah Mince. I mean, you're not.
2: Well, you got a couple. You got, you got, you got senior, or you got leadership on the team that's not leading. Right. And that's why I mentioned that earlier. I mean, what do you do when you're when you're when you're when you quote unquote leader isn't leading? You, what do you do? You know, I watched Joe Girard a lot last find night because of how leader. awful he was playing. And yeah, find another leader. But we're for, we're far away from that. That's that's Not, a, that's right. That's the problem. I mean, I
1: get it. So right, I get it. Anyway,
2: I watched Joe last night. His body. Maybe he was sick. His body language wasn't good just when he didn't have the ball and, and things. And how many turnovers did Joe have? He's only credited with one. one turnover. I find that hard to believe. He barely but,
1: touched the ball.
2: I know, but I thought I saw more than one. Anyway, all right. Yeah. We're going to do fan feedback after we talk about Notre Dame. So, uh, quickly switching gears here. Uh, that one's in the mirror, and that was a tough one. And that was a good. Mm-hmm. That was a good indicator of where this team is at for everybody, for fans, for coaches, and for the players themselves. So. Uh, look, you can't get it back, so we move on, Notre Dame, okay? The all-time series between Notre Dame and Syracuse sits at 31-23 in favor of the Orange. Uh, this, uh, Syracuse and Notre Dame first met in 1914 with the Orange Men winning that one, 50-14, Notre Dame joined the Big East for the 95-96 season and moved to the ACC with Syracuse and Pitt for the 2013 and 14 season. So we're approaching, according to OrangeHoops.org, we're approaching 30 years of of playing each other every year, uh, and you know that's the that's the rivalry. I think. Pitt and Notre Dame. Those are great rivalries we've talked about them in the past couple years, Joe, uh, being being the ones that we kind of look forward to for that. So, the last time these two teams met, uh, there was a 79 69 win for the Fighting Irish. Gerard, ba- Buddy Bayheim, Anselm Swider, and Jimmy Bayheim, you're starting five. Jimmy with 27 points, and Buddy with 20 points. So, right now, Notre Dame sits at five and one in favor of. What? What? What are you throwing your hands up for?
1: Not nothing to do with you.
2: okay. All right. Notre Dame sits at 5-1 right now uh, with not a not-so-impressive slate. Joe, you can get into that. Mm. So fifth-year senior uh, Nate Lajewski, he's leading the Fighting Irish, uh, averaging points per game with 18, blocks with one, and rebounds with nine. So, Joe, a couple of fifth-year seniors, including Dane Goodwin and the aforementioned Lajewski. Uh. Uh, and a talented freshman, J.J. Starling, you'll remember. Uh, we talked about him from baldensville. He was recruited by Syracuse. Yep. And uh, they make up the bulk of the offense of this team. So, uh, with that said, Joe, that's a tough one to lose, too, because I was looking at his stats. He's um, a tremendous player. So, Yeah, he uh, yes. Anyways, with that said, what else can you tell us, starting with, I think, the, the, the schedule? They're, what, they're, they're slated games so far. They've played six games, and... It's just not that impressive,
1: right? You can argue that we'd have at least five and one record, if not better, if we had this schedule. But I mean, Radford, Youngstown State. Southern Look at the Indiana. discrepancy
2: too. Radford by th- they won't beat Radford no, by Radford three. Radford
1: by three. Youngstown State by seven. Southern Indiana by twelve. which I didn't even know they had a team. Lipscomb <laughs> by one, and Bowling Green by sixteen. Um, and then they just lost to Saint Bonaventure by twelve. Um, by 12 on a neutral court, All those other previous games were at home, which is where we're playing them anyway. So, um, so it's, they're tough to really gauge on who, who they are as a team. But when you look at the roster and you look at the minutes, um, played, even with the teams that they played against, they only have six players that average over 10 minutes. Well, they have six players that average over 19 minutes. Then they don't have another player that averages over two. So they really only go six deep. Uh, and I think right there you start at that weakness, uh, but at the same time, you have you know six five guard Trey Wertz, uh six five guard Cormac Ryan,
2: both well, three six three guard. year guys, right? Three years, so three, th- they're all seniors. Okay, they're all
1: seniors. Dane Goodwin's one's a, a transfer. Nate, Wentz? Nate Lajewski. who
2: Nate Lajuski Wertz. he's a transfer, right? From somewhere. I think it's his fifth year in college, but his oh, it's third- his
1: fifth year, but I think he's a transfer from uh, South Carolina. Is that South Carolina? Santa Clara. Sorry. Said SC, so I didn't know. But, um, yeah, he's a fifth-year senior as well. So, I mean, you have four seniors, and then you have J.J. Starling, who we know about, and then they have Van Allen Lubin, who is a 6'8", 226-pound freshman from Orlando, and the guy looks like a beast. Um, not in a bad way. I mean, like, right. physically, he right. is yeah, ready brick, to play. He's, he's a brick so, shit house. Yeah. So, um, realistically, that's what, really what you're, lo- you're looking for, Um you know, they've only had those six guys are the only guys that have played in all six games. So that's the rotation. So um, you talk about foul trouble, you have those type of issues that you can deal with. Um, if there's a possible injury or um, illness, which I'm not going to, you know, wish on anybody, but those type of things are going to matter when you only have six deep. Right. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's really what we're looking at. They got five guys that score in double digits and, um, what, their tallest guy is Nate Lajewski. was 6'10". 16. And, I mean, so they don't really have a legit center because he's, he, does not, he doesn't really play down low. Um, he's more of a perimeter player. So, realistically, I really don't even know what to expect, but I can't wait to see the matchup of J.J. Starling and Judah Mitz. Two freshmen point guards going at each other. Um, yeah, it's the you know J.J. You know J.J. Jack- you know is going to want to show out against Syracuse. Yeah. You know that.
2: Yeah, I know. It's not like we didn't offer him, though. Damn it. Uh, oh, by,
1: I know, but by, still by the, that's that's the mentality, you know, yeah. and it's not just that. Oh, what the sucks kid's probably is probably
2: been Go on, go on. Probably he's just
1: probably been growing up in the area all you know, his whole life, and who knows if he's even a Syracuse fan, right? You
2: either are or you aren't. You either love so, him I mean, or those hate are him. your only
1: two options, Sean. So <laughs> yeah, I mean well,
2: Thanks you either your, love them or hate them. Uh, there's no, there's no in between. There's no, thanks, thanks there's no lukewarm. There, <laughs> there's no lukewarm Syracuse fans is what I meant. You Joe. either
1: like them or you don't. No uh, crap. I,
2: they play tonight. By the time most of you hear us talking, uh, this game will had been over against number twenty Michigan State. And so, uh, look. That for should t- tell us a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's you know. But by the way. If you didn't know that was on, and it's still a day late, go watch the condensed game on YouTube just to get an idea. You can see Notre Dame. I haven't seen Notre Dame this year, so I haven't either. So you know, with that said, I know they got I'll be four checking players it out.
1: that know how to play against our zone. So right.
2: So okay, Joe, this is the first ACC game of the year. Okay, so yeah, we are going to do our picks quickly. All right, now, mm. uh, you well, you won the last, you won the last football. Game. So, the ball's in your court.
1: I to the you did won. Does that mean I won? You won the tip.
2: You won the tip. You got to take it.
1: Oh, God.
2: Okay. So, I've got mine written down already.
1: Um, no, I'm saying, did you beat me overall in football season? No, did?
2: we're tied. It's 6-6 six and six, and we've got to. That's right. I don't think we talked about it. 6-6. Oh, six and six, We got game. to the bowl games. The, the tiebreaker, yeah.
1: Um... It's- uh, okay, so I guess I will I will start. That's um,
2: what I was telling you. Yep.
1: Yeah. So this is going to be, I know that it's still kind of a small sample size because you know you're talking about most teams who have played, what, six to nine games or something like that. But we go back to Ken Palm since we, that's how we start, you know, when we get to the ACC and everything like that. And, you know, Ken Palm's got Notre Dame 77th and Syracuse 80th. Um, and really the one, the one thing that sticks out um, you know, adjusted offense for uh, for Syracuse is 72nd, defense is 99. So it's mm-hmm. good to see our defense in the top 100 again, um, especially with some of the players or teams that we've played against. But I see Notre Dame. Notre Dame is got an adjusted offense of 29th, and then an adjusted defense of 168. And having an adjusted defense of 168 after playing the teams that they played—that's terrible that's pretty bad. So
2: this, and I'm not I impressed think, by the offense either, by the way. I mean, well, it's a good, it's a good place to be, but it, look who they play.
1: But again, 29th with who they played. Right. right so right. yeah. And they got seniors and stuff like that. I mean, I am concerned at the fact they got four guys that know three, how to play. Three, five known. year seniors. Well, they have three, five year seniors, but they have f- four seniors. He right? oh, okay. might not be well, his fifth year, right, but okay. he's still a senior. Fair. Um, so realistically, um, those, those, Those numbers are skewed, but you'd think that the defense would be way better. So, um, honestly, I think that we got a good matchup. I think Jesse Edwards has got a good matchup. I don't know if anyone's going to be able to guard him. Um, They're not deep. And if, you know, they get one one or two people in foul trouble, I don't know where they go to to the bench or anything like that. So I'm definitely going to tune in tonight and get a little bit more of a a look-see on what Notre Dame does. But it looks to me like <laughs> they're just, they're not deep. And I think they have some, some issues with their, with their height. And I don't know if they're going to be able to. I mean, if Jesse Edwards stays out of foul trouble, I think that we can, we can come back. You know that the coaches are going to make, they're not going to let these guys come out and play the way that they did. Um, if Joe's going to play that way, then like what Greenberg said at halftime last, last night, oh. hey, if he's going to play like this, you got to take him out. Have to sit. And, you know, it's just one of those things where, uh, you got to do it. You might not want to do it. And it's tough because Joe can go off at any point, right? Um, Yeah, but you can't
2: wait 30 minutes for it.
1: Right. (laughs) Not when you're losing by 17. So
2: um,
1: I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go out on a limb. And I'm going to say that we actually get back in the W column. Um, And, again, this just might be the positive orange homer in me. Okay. But I'm going to say that we – i'm gonna say syracuse 72 notre dame 67
2: okay all right 72 67 okay just so you know i do too have them as a win even though ken Palms has got a 67 64 loss here and uh like you said man you brought up some good points so you you swayed me a little bit and i actually tightened my score up but I was swayed nonetheless. M- made some good points as far as the depth. And also, I did not know about their adjusted defense. Um, so those are those numbers aren't that impressive at all. And I guess for I my mean, 20... I mean,
1: Radford scored 76 points against them. They only so, beat I mean... Radford
2: by three. So that tells you right there, like, come on. Uh, so with that said, I should, number one, utilize my $20 subscription more and look at some of these numbers once in a while. And two... <laughs> <laughs> Two, I think Syracuse wins too. I think it's close. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be another nail biter bro uh it's gonna be a noon game. It is an away game, so it's kind of a it's kind of a toss up as far as the w goes, but I feel like it's gonna be a tight game regardless. I don't know if Joe shows out, but I think necessary thing you know necessary steps will be taken to make sure we either. Get him going, or get someone else going. Like there can't be any experimentation or wait to seize. So it's got to play more 60, like a team. Yeah, they do. They're just not doing that, and uh, they have. We've seen a little bit of it. We've seen flashes of it against lesser opponents, but
1: this frustration n- gets the best of us.
2: This non-conference schedule has not been easy either for Syracuse. It's been a tough one. It's not like, not like it like used Notre to be. Notre Yeah, it's not like it used to be for Syracuse getting all these cupcakes, and when they're when their experience and their their athleticism and things were even higher they had less opponents so and it's just drawn you know it's just it's the the worst of both so i got 66 64 syracuse for the first for, for the first acc game of the season so yeah that's all i got
1: so so how are we grading this we can't we're, do we're gonna, total points
2: we're, we're going to do your way the the way we talked about before, which I forget, but it made sense when you said it. <laughs> which is what? Tell everybody real quick, tell, God, tell everybody that doesn't know he forgot. <sighs> I mean, it's acceptable for me to forget it because you were talking. So it's like uh, Joe's talking. Oh yeah, it sounds great. Okay, makes sense. Great.
1: No, I think and that what it was, what we talked about was the the difference, right?
2: A difference in each team. Is still the difference of adding? By the way,
1: no, the difference of so I have Syracuse winning by five.
2: Oh, I got you. So I got, I'm winning if they, by two. If they okay. win
1: by three, then I'm two. I'm two points away. You're one point away, so right. you'd win.
2: I got you. Okay, all right. So, okay, the discrepancy in the in the amount of winner loss. We
1: got to figure out something.
2: Yeah, we got to figure out something better than adding up the points and shooting from the hip. So, anyways, yeah. we will. But those are the scores. And, uh, you know, it wasn't great. I perused the fan feedback a little bit, um, and I guess we'll just have to suffer through it. So it's time to hear from you.
0: It's time to hear from you. The loud mouse from the Loud House.
2: There he is. All right, you guys know what to do at the end of every show. I thought I gave Joe plenty of time. At the end of every show, we ask... For, at the end of every game, see what you do, Joe? I've done that Sorry. before, screwing around with you. At the end of every game, we ask for your thoughts on that game. And then you leave them. Then we talk about them here, okay? So, with that said, let's start on Twitter, okay? And at Cuse1987 says, Joe Girard benefited from Buddy more than we will ever admit. Now Joe uh, This this was the most this was the best point I saw that I could remember as far as just making a simple point. Now look we I was an advocate for Buddy coming back. If Buddy comes back and even if Joe's got a play point or he switches on and off with Buddy this is this team's dynamic totally changes. And when you <laughs> I mean it goes without saying, right? No. Nah. Right? Okay. But I mean, I don't know if if we really thought about because if you go back to last year and when we were talking about Buddy and, and and the way things ended, you know, for Buddy just on a a legacy front, right? Like, man, you would love to have a year to come back and change, rewrite that history. But he left anyway, and there was a lot of people saying, look, I'm done with the Bayheims. I don't want to have to see another Bayheim on the court. I want fresh blood. Well, guess what? Be careful for what you wish for, because you got a lot of fr- fr- uh, fresh, I'll get it out, fresh blood out there, and this is what it looks like. So, uh, you know, I was an advocate for Buddy coming back, and I think Dan makes a, a great point here in, in saying, you know, look... I don't think you realize, or some people don't realize, what kind of benefit Buddy was to this team when he was out there. Because when you look at Joe, if he doesn't just get going, like who else is there? You know, we always had Buddy to do that, or or Joe to do it for Buddy, or or whatever. You know, or but now, now what? Now what? As far as the backcourt goes, now what? Now everything's in development, so we don't know. It's it's still as as Coach Babers would say, the cake's still baking. Hell, it might be in the bowl still. It might still be getting mixed up. I mean, really. We're
1: still looking for ingredients. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's a situation where we had so many three-point shots that went up and different players that could shoot threes last year. When you look at Jimmy and Buddy and Cole and Joe and everything like that, that it was hard for teams to really nail down, hey, who do we got to really guard to take away the three? And if they took Buddy away or tried to, then, you know, other people, you know, like Joe, they, it helped them. Now you have a situation where you have the other teams that are like, look, you take just guard Joe. Don't let him shoot any threes, and then that makes them one dimensional. Or you're forcing guys that shouldn't be taking threes or that many of them to shoot threes, like Benny last night, even though he made his first one. You know, but you got the Bennies and the Samir. I mean, yeah, Chris Bell can shoot, Justin Taylor can shoot threes, but you take those two and Joe off the, the the plate and who else is there i mean they talked about judah Mintz being able to shoot threes coming in but obviously his shot's not there yet so um yeah i mean it's a situation where you take him off the three-point line and don't let him get his shots and you make syracuse completely one-dimensional and you take the three-point shot and somebody who can go off obviously richmond didn't get the memo but you know bryant did and so did um so did illinois last night so
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, it's something to think about. And, you know, you look back on it in retrospect, you think and Buddy could have benefited from another year of college basketball.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it would be the same thing if you, you know, old school back in the day when they actually, like, had offensive centers and and power fours and stuff like that that didn't play out of the three-point line. Um, You know, if you were the only big man, like we have Jesse, then it's easy for somebody to slump back away from uh, Benny Williams or a Malik Brown and double team him and force turnovers like you saw last night. Um, but if you have a power forward that can actually do the same thing and has offensive skills like the center down low, then those two big men help each other and the defense can't leave their guy to go help the other guy. So, People with certain attributes on the offensive end, they, they help each other out when you have multiples. But when you're the only one, and you're the only one getting targeted, and that's really where we are, is we have Jesse and we have Joe, and defenses are looking at us like he's the only one that consistently shoot threes, take him away from the three-point line. He's the only one that can score down low. So keep him away from the basket. Use your, your, your strength to kind of keep him away from the basket and out of position. And um, if we need to double... Some The closest guy is going to come off and, and make it hard for him. So uh, that's where we're at offensively. So now we need all the other pieces to figure out what their roles are and what they're going to do so that it helps everybody else. But if those guys don't develop and they don't figure it out, then Jesse's going to get doubled all year, and you're going to see games like last last night with frustration with him and the ball around the basket. And Joe's just going to be face guarded by the other team's best defending guard and it's going shots.
2: It's, yeah, he's going to stifle him. It's gonna, and he's not going to be able to do anything. By the way, that comment from Atcus, 1987 on Twitter. Dan, he is the host of the SU. Lax podcast. You can check him out, especially coming up here, because, you know, he's probably doing that thing before spring. At no Blanchard 44, it's just really sad to see Beheim's legacy go down the toilet like this. Now, you know, look. It, wa- it this, this, this was a little bit of an over-exaggeration, Noah. And look, I will say that, aesthetically, it was just really hard to watch. Joe, you, you, you said you walked away from your TV with four minutes left, right? So
1: I barely ever do that. It's, so. it's,
2: aesthetically, it was really bad. And um, really bad. So <laughs> it was... <laughs> freaking mess and it's so frustrating to force my eyes open you ever seen that meme where the dude's forcing that woman's eyes open or that whatever the hell it is you know what i'm talking about that's what i felt like i'm like oh, i gotta do a show tomorrow so i might as well watch it to the end and watch benny get teed up twice and uh you know it did not benefit me uh, at all so hmm. uh, i just watched a slaughter so uh but you to but see the team's
1: big man get a triple double.
2: Yeah, that's that was tough that was hard to watch, but uh, but with that wasn't even blocks. Yeah, I know. But with that said, Noah, I think uh, Illinois is a tremendous team, and you can't you can't really you, you can't take a whole lot of negatives out of this game, other than just obviously there's a ton of work to do. But I didn't expect to come into this game and make anybody like make big surprises and put people's jaws on the court. It's not, it's not what I expected. So
1: would that, no, dude, it was like a 12 What 12 point, 12 and a half point in Vegas line.
2: I, have I think no it got idea, down to Joe. like
1: 10 and a half at one point or whatever. But I honestly going into yesterday, I, I realistically thought getting everybody back that we were going to keep it single digits and that we were going to be able to at least keep ourselves in, in a situation to, to be able to strike at the end. If it was, a you know, if, if, you know, stuff happens when you get down under four minutes and you got down seven, eight, you can still win that game. But, I mean, it was pretty obvious, you know, at the four minute mark that we were not going to win that game.
2: Uh, yeah, I would say so. Uh, let's see. At Keller, zero one zero three, Joe Absinthe again. Tough team, tough environment, tough environment. Did we not talk about that, though? Right, Joe? We mentioned that. Yeah, it was a tough environment. A very tough environment. And those fans did a tremendous job. If you really want to give hats off to someone, you gotta give it off to the fans. They're extremely loud. That's what was frustrating yeah. towards the end did of the day. Did you
1: notice game. what they were doing with the free throws?
2: Um, I heard a lot of noise, but I didn't well, really do it. Yeah.
1: T- but it was one of those things where like it was like quiet or not as loud in the first oh. free throw. But yeah, but yeah, if yeah, you yeah, missed yeah. the first free throw, then they were going crazy for the second one and for a, a Three times in a row, I think we missed the first one and then made the second one. The quiet of the crowd. So
2: The preceding plays w- with Benny getting the tech, two techs, where a couple of those missed shots, that place was tremendously loud. And I can't imagine how frustrating uh, that, that could have been. Uh, we're, he goes on, We're lucky they didn't knock down more threes on us. Coach should have taken this team on a Canada or your tour to get more reps in with this squad onto Notre Dame. I mean, we've seen that in the past. And, I mean, Jesse played throughout this throughout the summer and stuff, and I don't know what a lot of the other guys did, but,
1: yeah. I don't know what all the rules and all that stuff is. I feel like COVID kind of killed all that in so but we many did countries. It, but I think
2: we did it last year, Joe. Did, did we, we not? Was it last year or the year before? I thought it was during during the COVID situation. Uh, yeah, I don't think so.
1: You don't think so? I think so? it was
2: the year before COVID. Oh, well, dip me in mustard and call me a hot dog, Joe. I don't know.
1: Well, I, I prefer ketchup.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, we know. We know. I forgot. <laughs> Damn, I could have set myself up for that. Uh could have. Okay. <laughs> Failure. Damn it. That's okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's see. At BBQ's, unacceptable, looked like a pickup game, gone bad. <laughs> I do actually think the talent is there but can they put it together in the time to salvage the season? Um yes, I thought like we mentioned on the front end with the with the defense I thought held strong but you heard Greenberg I mean he said it you know that this defense is is not going to last. It's uh, just going to get worn down. Coach mentioned it after the game and it's apparent that, you know, unless you get some scoring in there and some momentum, it's just not going to be uh, it's not going to be pretty. So,
1: Yeah. I don't well, know. I mean, especially when it comes to young guys, too. It's not easy to play defense all the way through 30 seconds, and then, you know, Smear Torrance follows somebody with one second to go, or you give up 17 offensive rebounds. So it's very frustrating to sit there and play defense for that long, and then they still just end up getting another chance and running down 20-something more seconds, getting a better shot. So – I mean, there's a lot that goes into that, but that stuff can just be demoralizing, and I just think that younger players have a a bigger problem um, dealing with that kind of stuff. So, you know, stuff's got to slow down, and and definitely for Judah, stuff's got to slow down. He was out there, you know, driving like it was like park ball against players that just weren't his caliber. Like, he was just trying way, way too hard. There's a um, lot
2: of dribbling into traffic and just uh, just elementary things that you just don't do at that this you level. You can't
1: get a- exactly. You can get away with it in high school, not here.
2: Yeah, uh, let's let's take another one from Twitter here, and um, you know, there's a lot of this. Uh, at, let's just call him Evan. Evan on Twitter, you can see it if you're watching on YouTube. Okay, uh, JG three has scored nine points over the last three games. Yes, it's that's very bad. Uh, Benny is horrible. Illinois attempted 35 more baskets than us. Jim Beheim needs to retire. So glad he's going to give the next head coach a dumpster fire. So Joe, let's let me mm. play devil's advocate for you here. And when you look at this team and you see what they've done so far this season, sitting at four and three, uh, not a great start. We're not used to this starting is it three and four. Yes, three and four. Sorry. Uh, sitting at three and four, not used to this, not great. And uh, so... Sure we are. You, you know, we... <laughs> well, we're. it's getting there. But, you know... hundred five hundred last year. Right. But what... I mean, this sentiment doesn't go away unless there's tremendous wins. In fact, the people who really don't like Jim Baham at all will always continue to root for him to be gone anyway. So, um... With that said, I feel like it's like not even an argument that I want to have anymore, and I'm going to probably not be mentioning too many more of these comments on the uh, on the show because it's just redundant. But it's it's early in the season, so I guess what I'm asking you, if you had to play devil's advocate to a comment like that, what would you say? How do you justify people saying? At this point, like, he just needs to retire. This is proof. You know, last year was terrible. This year looks even worse.
1: Uh, I mean, I I do agree with last year. I mean, they could have been way better. Um, but you have six freshmen and a transfer. And we've talked about certain stuff. I mean, Joe and Jesse, they're good, but they're not, like, they, they weren't the guys that made it happen last year, right? Jesse was hurt for a little while. And Joe was, I mean, he was... He scored points. He's the point guard, but he wasn't the guy. Right. Um, and I just don't know how you replace that with certain people that are on this team. So it's I, I, I feel like he's having a difficult time figuring out who's who, because I feel like it's like a lot of players are Jekyll and Hyde from game to game. And you don't really even know who to start, you know, and um,
2: coaches are confused, it seems like a little bit
1: probably more frustrated than confused because they probably see stuff in practice and then they see something that's not in the game. And I think that, you know, we're just getting to a point here where, you know, in the non-conference, which is usually what happens, and I don't know when in in time of college basketball did we start just making our non-conference as difficult as it is. I mean, for some reason I feel like we always had just easy mid-major, you know, warm-up games, you know. We'd lose the occasional Cleveland State or, you know, something like that but you know it we usually set ourselves up to be 11 into 10 and 3 after the non-conference and those type of things just aren't happening and i think part of that is is some of the competition and you know, the type of teams that were playing um earlier in the year you know i mean there wasn't an ac there wasn't a big east acc you know whatever every single year where now you got in one of your non-conference games is a power five team so I just think that things have changed since they got into the ACC and I think that recruiting and everything has changed. The times have changed. um, And I honestly think that there's just recruits out there that don't want to deal with how he coaches. Um, If you want to use that as an excuse to fire him, then that's just what it is. But I I think – it's really not a devil's advocate. I think that out there, I think that there's two types of fans. I think that there's a fan, there's fans that can't wait for him to go and get rid of the two three zone and see something new and fresh. Well, Use
2: there's fans that I know growing up that never liked them growing up, even when we were, you know, we started, right, you know, fifteen and zero or or, or right. twenty and two. You know what I'm saying? So th- that's
1: just. But the thing, my question is this: is that are those fans? the type of fans that it doesn't matter who the coach is or what defense or offense they are running as long as they win. Right. Like they'd be saying the same thing to a coach that started off three and four. If it was the next guy, they'd be saying the same thing. If it was Jerry McNamara, they'd be dogging him. Right.
2: Like, yeah. What is, just, what is the, what is so, the, I
1: mean, there's just two types of, there's two types of fans, especially when it comes to Syracuse basketball and it's literally that Jim, Jim Beheim built this, built this thing and he deserves to go when he wants. And the ones that say, maybe never even liked him, but say, oh, he's definitely too old. He definitely needs to get out of there. He's stubborn. He's not changing with the times. And, you know, there's some, some of, truth to that. Some I mean, of that's there's some true. Things.
2: Yeah, some of that's true. I mean, I understand. I understand those sentiments. I do. I do. But. I mean, I a, am
1: on the side of, I am on the side of that he's deserved to end it the way he wants.
2: That, that's more, I'm totally, I'm with you. 100%. But.
1: I really, really wish that he would that he would
2: oh, being a little bit more open minded about some Yes. Things.
1: Because the problem is is that at the end of the day these people talk yes in the two three zone, yes. Certain teams we play, it's good and this but you know, here lately, I mean when he started this two three zone thing, I don't think that there, there wasn't even a three point line. So they just jammed it in. Coaches weren't weren't, weren't happy when they had players shoot a thirty foot shot for two points. Right, right. So Se- that's was,
2: settling for, you know, right. Garbage. So
1: at the end of the day, that's what it was. Let's pack it in, not let anything close, make them shoot outside shots. And even if they make it, it's only a two. Well, then the three-point line comes, okay, but there's not a lot of guys that practice it. Now, now, every player's, we're in Steph Curry's NBA. We're playing against college teams where they got big men that step out, and they have all five that can step out. Now, Sean, you're good at math. Eh, I think. Okay. Well, 2 3 zone, right? You know where our players are placed, right? And one of them is Jesse Edwards right in the middle.
0: Okay. Uh-huh. Yep.
1: If you have a team that can all shoot three pointers, then how do you guard that with a 2 3 zone without pulling out everybody and basically playing man anyway? So, I mean, it's just, it's. It's a situation where the new basketball now, everyone wants to be Steph Curry. Everyone wants to shoot 35-foot jump shots and everybody all the it's way It's evolved. The
2: it didn't used to be like that.
1: Yeah. Was, so, yeah. again, it gets to and, – and they're, and they're making them farther and farther out. So it doesn't matter. So now it's getting to a point where you stretch your 2-3 zone out so far that it's easy to make cuts and passes and all that stuff in the middle. And that's when you see a 6'10 guy on Illinois get a triple-double. So that's really where I'm at is that, I mean, the two, three zone works for certain teams and in certain situations, but this whole hundred percent two, three zone thing, I don't know. I don't know if I'm on board. I don't know if I'm on board anymore, man.
2: Yeah. But I think we saw, well, the one, three, one, I think that like last year there was a few times where that looked really good. So, you know, when that said, I mean, you got to mix it up. The two three is really a hybrid anyway. Jim Beheim's two three is a hybrid anyway.
1: So oh, it's maybe, definitely a hybrid, but it's you move the ball around enough, and you get these smart teams. They got all these shooters. Then eventually, you're going to get an open shot. And I think that we're just seeing that. Like, I mean, it's not a surprise anymore. And when you got more guys that can shoot outside, it just spreads it all. It spreads it all all up. Like, it's just not. It's something you got to go back and forth, you know, like Duke. Duke plays man, and then he's sprinkled in the Jim Beheim 2-3 zone because, you know, it is effective, but it's effective in spurts. As you saw last night. Yeah, it's kind of like a press.
2: Yeah, once they figure it out, then it's – Once they figure
1: it out, just like you saw last night. Once they figure it out, the damn – just open up the floodgates, man. Yeah. Especially against a good team like Illinois.
2: Uh, Cap says, by the way, talking about exit plan – for Jim Beheim, he mentioned the fact that. Hold on, I'm reading. I he this has been a minute now. Uh, supposedly Jerry McNamara can't recruit. Now, I don't. I th- I thought he was responsible for mints, If I'm not mistaken, obviously. But uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I believe any of the rumors or even humor them. And by the way, we don't know what the exit plan is, so we don't even know if. If he's in the talks, you know, hate to see him go somewhere else, but I don't know if he's head coach caliber guy, but he does run practice. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, he's out there coaching. He's just not up up in front. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know what it looks like, but let's, let's hit a couple more of these on, uh, let's go to Facebook. Let me center this thing real quick. Like, okay. Uh, Andy on Facebook, he says, He says, and I'll get there eventually. Young talent looks exciting. Edwards playing at a high level. Gerard the opposite. Team will win some big games down the stretch. Another year of overall disappointment, though. So, look, Syracuse is that team that does win, you know, they usually pull out some kind of shocking win, right? And I guess, you know, that's what we have to look forward to maybe. But it all starts with Notre Dame this this weekend and then what we can do with the rest of the four games coming up before we're full-fledged ACC. It's not much time to get it together. And like he says, uh, it could be another disappointing year. And it's trending that way. It's really hard for me to sit here uh, honestly and be really optimistic about it because I don't come here to tell – and I know you don't either, Joe. We don't come here to tell people what they want to hear – We we tell people what we think and what we believe, and I don't really ever. If I'm not, if I'm got something super negative to say, I won't say it usually. But I'll keep my powder dry. But I look, it's trending that way. It's how it feels, you know. It 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 sucks because here we are, you know, seven games in, and we're already talking about. Well, this is going to be a disappointing year. I just can't have that attitude yet because. This is the same thing that we see almost every year with Syracuse, regardless of how good the team is, is, you know, slow starts and just kind of, you know, this, this, <clears throat> t- this type of thing. And with that said, uh, this is worse than normal. But I'm not there yeah. yet. I'm not there yet, but I get it. You know what I mean? Because of last yeah. year, too, especially, it's tough.
1: Well, yeah, and it also goes against I mean, Syracuse wasn't always yeah, you'd get the Carmelo Anthony's every once in a while and there was a certain point in time where you know we did get better recruiting classes, right? But I mean we traditionally were getting recruiting classes and building our program up with juniors and seniors, you know, and then having sprinkling in some freshmen and sophomore that can help. And that's just not that's not the college landscape now. And, you know, I don't even know. I don't know if I mean you look at last year's team and we were under 500 for the first time then I don't know if Dehaims lost as many people in one year and then had to get as many new people in one year ever this 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 many like this many players I don't know if he's ever had to deal with that so there's a lot of things that he's trying to navigate that are completely different than when he started this thing and you know I mean the fact of the matter might be is that he might have out outgrown or, you know, just the times and because of the situation of him not being able to, you know, be a little bit open-minded and, 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 you know, change with the times, it's making it difficult. And I think that that's why a lot of other coaches have stepped down as of late. And, um, you know, that just might be the case in the fact of the matter. But I know going into this year, you know, I, after a under 500 team and then you bring in all these freshmen, um, I just, I we, didn't we, have any expectations. I didn't know yeah. what to think. And I was actually excited to watch these guys grow. I knew that there was going to be growing pains. Um, did I think that we were going to lose the cold game? Brian, probably not, but here we are.
2: Brian scared me. I'm not gonna lie. They both scared me. I remained optimistic, but here we are. Uh, all right. Back to Facebook. Let's do one more. Bobby. Just need the freshmen to gel. We haven't played this this many freshmen in a very long time. This is the reason why, however, they play hard. They just need more minutes. And if it, it, is Joe can't get, if Joe must be can't get himself open, then play Taylor in his place. Joe, you know, look. Taylor comes out has a magnificent game. It does not make him the hero of it all yet. Okay, not buying it yet. But I do get it. And there's gotta be a, a combo that will get figured out for when one of these guys, regardless of who it is, is struggling that will be something that gels. By the way, you know, Justin Taylor last night paid, played 23 minutes and six points. So but he did have five re- six rebounds. So I mean yeah. he's out there, he, he's a player, dude. He's a player. He's gonna be no, he's-, he's gonna be tremendous, I think. And, um, it just depends. Like last night I saw a lot of the combinations and I don't know what works, you know, I really don't, I feel like Samir's struggling a little bit this year. I felt like he was more in a groove last year. And again, that could be, that could come down to buddy, you know, they, they, they got to learn to play without buddy. And I think that is something that's probably going to take a little while to get used to. So,
1: I think that he was just the far, far and away better point guard last year. You know.
2: Well, that could so, be a, that could be a truth too. But you know, I mean, he did some things last year that changed changed the pace of games, and it just doesn't seem like because maybe he's because him and it, Samir and Judah are a little bit more similar than Samir and Joe were last year. Maybe that's why. Because he's not really changing the pace of the game because Judah's already doing that. So, you know, that's already there. But uh, I don't know what you do to what kind of combination you could put up there. But you got to be a little bit optimistic about the fact that there are options. And, you know, we'll see what happens. Huh? I'm going to give
1: Chris Bell with another one rebound game. I mean, I think, <laughs> and again, you look at this, and I know it's only been seven games, but, you know, at some point, Beheim he's going to have to. He's going to have to put his money where his mouth is. And he usually does, because um, I know a lot of times the things that he says in press conferences is, is for motivation. But, I mean.
2: Talking about benching I, I Bell or what?
1: It, I just think it's only a matter of time before. Yeah. Not benching him, but it, that Justin Taylor starts over him. And then also, obviously, Joe, he's got to figure it out. Get out of this slump or else he's going to have to, to keep him out. Let like to be the shooting guard and keep Tor- Torrent in. Or you go big and you have you know a Bell and Taylor, Taylor. lineup or something like that.
2: Right. Yeah, Bell's got to do better. And I don't know how you know again experience. This is the problem when you. I
1: mean, he hits some shots, right? But at the end of the day, when you play twenty seven minutes, you can't have. I mean, eight points. Eight points I don't care about rebound. the points. I'm looking at. I'm looking at everything else. He's got no blocks, no steals, no assists, one rebound, two turnovers. In twenty-seven minutes, you can't. He's not doing anything.
2: Yeah, it's like the old meme with the guy poking the stick. He's like, Do something.
1: Yeah, that's that's
2: it. So, um, all right.
1: He had three personal fouls.
2: So. Yeah, he had more personal fouls than he had rebounds. So, uh, you know, at least Jesse's in there, freaking seventeen rebounds, killing it on the boards. Which is, I mean, what is Jesse averaging this year in rebounds? Anyway, just real quick. Um, well, the last there? two
1: games definitely helped him out. That's for sure. Yeah, he's eleven.
2: A, he's averaging eleven. Yep. So, uh, yeah, he's averaging
1: good. eleven and fourteen. Yeah,
2: 14 he's averaging 14, 14, 14, 14, 11, a double double. That's awesome. Yep. And, and that's yeah. what they're going to have to do against uh, teams like Notre Dame, like you mentioned. Their tallest guy six ten. So.
1: And then their next tallest guy six eight, and their next tallest guy six six, and then three guys that are like six five or six four. So. Yeah. I mean, we'll see, but they don't have a lot of. I mean, they've only played, like I said, only six players have played in all six games. Um, So, yeah. Uh, it's
2: Cap, we did talk bowl locations at the beginning of the show, and we talked about the fact that Syracuse opted out of the Fenway Bowl early, or tried to. They let the ACC know, hey, we don't want to be involved in the Fenway Bowl. And also... uh, yeah, Joe. Joe thinks it's the Pinstripe Bowl, so it's not definitely I the do. Pinstripe Bowl, but that's what Joe thinks, and we will find out Sunday on that end.
1: I was. I'm hoping for the Duke's Mayo Bowl, which is in Charlotte. But I that
2: would, that, be, that would be that would be great. I mean, look, I mean, that could um, be a possible another trip. That's, that's a five hour. That drive would be like me,
1: December twenty seventh. That
2: December would not 29th. be a trip I would be making.
1: It's gonna so. be the week after Christmas, so yeah. I mean, that's just where it's gonna be, whether it's Pinstripe Fimo, any of that stuff.
2: I mean, Twenty seventh
1: through the thirtieth, something like that.
2: Spent two four day weekends traveling, uh, and uh, I'm gonna enjoy the next one. It'll be a three day weekend, but nonetheless.
1: But hey, hey, let's let's just go ahead and do it. Let's just go ahead and do it, right? That's gonna be my that's gonna be my guess, is that we are going to the Pinstripe Bowl against.
2: West Virginia The fight in <laughs> you think so <laughs> I yeah I mean I wanted it and then I didn't want it and now I'm on the fence I don't know
1: I still want it do you yeah I do I want I want the um Syrac- Syracuse defense to be able to, to do something to that guy <laughs> not hurt him not hurt him I want to like, see you know,
2: look man this is practice. Practice. I
1: don't want to see our defense make Tommy DeVito look like the Tommy DeVito that was at Syracuse. How about that?
2: Fair enough. Fair but enough.
1: I don't think it's going to happen at the same time. I mean, it could, but, I mean, Illinois, they they finished, I think, what, fifth or something Ch- like that? Hey, the-
2: what's up with Chase Brown? Or Ch- yeah, Chase Brown. What's up with that dude? Did he get injured for the season? Cap, Cap's, uh, like, Cap's like, he's afraid they'll run all over us. But without him, they won't. And I, last I knew, he was injured, so. That's a whole um, other team without him, but their defense is really good.
1: Well, he did come back.
2: Did he? So oh, He, was, he got know.
1: hurt, but he played against Northwestern. So All right, well, that stinks. And their defense is pretty good, too. Not but that I honestly, want the
2: guy hurt. just saying, if we had to play him, I wouldn't want him to play. That's just fandom. <laughs> Easiest path. Uh, okay. Well,
1: and then we know that that's our weakness, too, right? So they probably run the hell out of the ball. He probably yeah, touched with, it. 30 without times.
2: him, without him, it's their defense. Their defense is good.
1: Yeah, their defense is good too. It would definitely be a tough matchup. I mean, we might possibly even lose to them. Um, But
2: over under, Joe, how many team, how many games is the basketball team going to win? What are their thirty one? How many games are they going to win?
1: <sighs> <laughs> what do you mean over under? You didn't even give me a number.
2: Yeah, what's are you the just number? Asking me. What's the number, guess, Michael? Michael's asking. What's the number, Michael? Give me a number. I mean, I haven't even looked at the schedule. Six, so. Sixteen. Guy does a podcast. hasn't even looked at the schedule. <sighs> what a freaking clown! Um, what? You've got look. You've got Duke away. You've got uh, NC State away. You've got. It's not about
1: that. NC State's you, you actually at, pretty good this yes, year. Yes,
2: so they far. are pretty good. Um. Florida State away, I don't think it matters where you play Florida State at this point. Well, are they?) Yeah. <laughs> uh, they Cap, Cap says under, I, I, I say under. Right now, if I had to go right now and I have to a gun to my head and I' got to give an answer, I' got to say under, and that's not being a pessimist. That's just looking at what's in front of us. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it's going to get uh, fixed because I don't know. So if I'm looking at this team, even if it gets a little bit better, I'm going to say under 16. So what do you say, Joe? Just give an answer. Don't even think too much about it. No one's holding you to it. There's no money on it. What are you checking Vegas?
1: What the hell's (laughs) going on? No, I'm not checking (laughs) Vegas. I'm looking at the Spotify (laughs) green room. Okay. okay, To see what they're talking about.
2: What the hell's going on here? I'm going to say over. Over. Okay. All right. Fine.
1: Go go against everybody.
2: I'm with you. I would do the same thing. yeah, he is. Anthony, check
0: different books not. for Water better Boy. odds.
2: Yeah, you mentioned anything about... Ask this guy a question over, under, or any kind of betting question. and he's, That's it. He's got five screens pulled up, and he's doing, his, he's doing his research. He's got his fan duel open and all that crap. And he's ready to go. All right? it's, why, it's why it's tough. It's why I go first, because I know it's going to take him five minutes to answer.
0: So...
1: Uh, oh god, dude! First off, this is my work phone, so the uh, you know security stuff doesn't even let me get on betting websites. So
0: okay,
2: um, all right, that
1: I'm just saying. By the way, Dom, you're right. We are a soccer school.
2: Gorge. Don't don't start that crap with me. Saturday
1: yeah. Saturday at two, playing against Vermont in the Elite Eight of the NCAA championship. Yes, something that our go, basketball team probably won't be in.
2: Go go Cuse! And also, we're not a, we're not a Soccer school, bro. Stop. Those, those jokes, don't play with me. Homie, don't play that. What do you mean? Homie, don't play that. What do you mean, what are we? Well, then I
1: mean? what are we? We're
2: a, football, we're a football school. What do you mean?
1: Cross-country school?
2: We're a football school. We're a football school? Yes. <laughs> Says who? Look at us. Me. Look, look at us. Look at us. What? Look at us at seven and five.
1: Wow. First, first bowl game in five years. Four years.
2: Look at us. Look at us go. Look at us go. All right. That is going to do it for us. We appreciate all of you for tuning in. If you could, and you listen on Apple iTunes, go there. Great review. Subscribe. We appreciate all of you who already have. We don't do enough self-promotion, so uh, need to do a little bit of that. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out.
0: Peace.